Mara Armenta. Yes. Luis Martinez. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank now, you for having us. I just I was thinking about the beginning of this podcast and it was a it was a pandemic project and and I think I was hanging out at Cock and Tails. We all were hanging out at Cock and Tails and I think you guys were literally some of the per- first people. I was like, "Oh man, I'm starting this podcast. I'd love to have you on." And now, what? 2 years yeah. plus later, <laughs> I finally got you guys here. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time sometimes works out. Man. Later on, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I remember at some point you were like, I think uh, October, October yeah. coming up will do. And I was like, cool, let's go. It's been two Octobers. Man. Man. I know, man. Uh, yeah, that's busy season, though. I know. Yeah, right, right. I'm almost like kind of thankful that it got so busy, but Good, but yeah. also, you know, I, I miss having these conversations and connecting with people. And so I'm glad you're here. Uh, cheers. Cheers. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, uh oh! <laughs> should you put your chapstick on? Cause we're gonna start with you. <laughs> Here we go. Uh oh! <laughs> I'd like to know uh, where you guys grew up, and attached to that, kind of some early musical memories. Sure. Mara, you're obviously a singer. Yeah. Luis, uh, well, not obviously a singer, but <laughs> I know you as a singer. <laughs> and Luis, great guitar player. And um, I want to know, kind of, well, a where you grew up. B, what was inspiring? Maybe it was uh, the first, uh, you know, music that you remember, music from your folks or your family, and then how that inspired you to find your instrument. So maybe, Mara, we start with you. Sure. Um, Going back to growing up, I grew up here in Phoenix, born and raised in Phoenix all my life. Nice. So... Um, 30 plus years. Yay. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, Phine- I'm a fourth generation Arizona. I was going to ask. Well. That's yeah. pretty hip. Do you know like some of that early history, like how your folks got it? Not folks, but you know how you're, right. you're, you're some, I know, uh, part of my family is from globe. Um, another part, I'm trying to remember everything. I don't remember, but um, yeah. I think I've even, um, heard that I have some tracings back to Bisbee kind yeah. of wonder why I love it there so much right. so but I'm still learning about that I'm figuring it all out yeah um but yeah born and raised in Phoenix and Glendale school high school college went to GCC mm-hmm. for music um but earlier on I definitely loved listening to my family uh do a lot of music in the in the households that we would hang out at for Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, any of the holidays, birthdays, we'd have huge birthdays for a lot of cousins and stuff. Um, but my, my Theo Alex, whose birthday just recently passed, he actually, um, he sang mariachi. Mm. And so all of his sons and also his daughters also sang mariachi. Mm. And so a lot of my cousins just listening to them, they were like mm. uncles and aunts to me because they're older. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just listening to them, play mariachi music and that that made me want to listen to more of it so i'd listen to of course linda ronstadt for different yeah. genre reasonings but also for her vocal presence mm. and um my mom's always been an old school r&b hip-hop chick so we've definitely just whatever she was playing in the truck that's what i was listening to well, right and that's <laughs> and that's and that plays such a big role what yeah. you, what your folks are listening to because they control the radio you know and Having siblings and 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 you know cousins and, right. and uncles of different ages, you get exposed as a kid 
to a lot of different music from different generations. Yeah, so, it, was, it was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So does is music in your family? I mean, beyond the the family gatherings, were they performing also as well? Yeah, actually, we have quite a few singers in the family, which is really cool. Harmony yeah. was always present, mm -hmm. so I've always been big on harmony. And yeah. people see me as a lead singer. I get that. I don't necessarily like to be in the spotlight all the time. Right. I like to be in the corner. Right, right. <laughs> and I'll pull some harmony. Tell you what, yeah. that's where I'll shine. Well, I love harmonies. In in that family harmony, that's like from another planet. Unbeatable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that blood harmony is. If you have that instilled in you mm -hmm. at an early age, like your ear, your natural ear to harmony is you have just a different relationship to it. It sticks with you. Too. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, right. yeah, that was a lot of where my background kind of came from. Um, of course, I got down with some metal. And, you know. OK, you had a you had some metal. years. Yeah, I have some some brothers. I grew up with them all of my life, basically, uh, since I was two or three. And um they, of course, were big Metallica fans, and that's uh -huh. where I'd get my Eminem fix. So that's uh -huh. where I'd get a bunch of other, you know, yeah. my generation of music. But then I'd go back home, listen to some old school and, and funk and musicals. I love musicals. Okay, like Broadway yeah. stuff. Yeah, so big mix of everything. I just love to sing, I yeah. guess, basically. Yeah. Well, that's, I feel like that's so important. That And, it, and that really is a, a big common thread mm -hmm. with a lot of conversations that I'm having is... Just a super diverse um, yeah. um, introduction to music at an early age. You start to pick the things out that you really love about this genre of music or, you know, whatever. So I just find like that that is such a common thread. And, and that's I don't know, maybe it's like kids aren't getting that these days. I, I, I don't know, like because they find their one thing. Absolutely. And it's like whereas we used to turn the radio dial or, you know, have generations of people around you that expose you to different right. music i feel like kids i don't know i'm not i'm way f removed from being a kid but no, what's up on that though i do have a student um she's younger she's a uh, maybe like preteen, teen almost you know barely a teenager yeah. 12 13 and i was like what songs are you listening to like i want to do i want to make sure you're into this you know like uh -huh. you're getting something out of this singing something you enjoy i could give you all the songs right She's like, well, I do like this song. And it was just a little snippet of like a, a TikTok sound. Oh, God. And then I was like, is this what you basically listen to? And she just listens to TikTok sounds and songs and mm. little 30 second, maybe, right. if even, like 10 to 20 something seconds, you know. And are, I don't even know <laughs> this, but are people, are musicians, artists, are they creating just like that 30 second thing? Like, or is it a sample, like a 30 second sample of a full tune? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hope it's a sample. <laughs> right? Uh, but I would I would think that it's full songs and then they just okay. grab a little. Because, I mean, from the little bit that I've seen, they'll do like, they'll grab a little bit of one song. And a lot of times they do like a sped up version. So they'll speed that up, you know, oh, and God. it just sounds like, you know, like yeah. high pitch and everything. It just sounds more high pitch. And then it's so strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing now. It's all cover songs. Right. You know, everyone covering, you know, other people's music from mm -hmm. back in the day. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And one the one that we did was this Bruno Mars song that talking to the moon. That one. But a guy covers it. Huh. And that's the version. It ended up being um like a hip hop song. It, it was a single that went on the radio. It's everywhere. Huh. But she just wanted to sing that one part that he <laughs> sings. And I was like, yeah. 
got it. <laughs> Let's learn it. <laughs> well, I, I definitely, I love that approach. I didn't realize that you were also a teacher of voice. Yeah. And I love the fact that, that you said, Let's find the, the stuff that you want to sing because yeah. I remember as a as a piano student not enjoying the music that Same. the teacher, <laughs> want, you know, and I'm like, I think that's what turned me off to learning piano was I don't want to play classical music. Yeah, I want to do, you know, I finally convinced her Scott Joplin like that, that had a little bit nice different, um, you know, it swung a little bit, the, 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 the chords were a little different. Yeah. So anyway. I'm I'm happy to hear that that you are encouraging people to yeah. find the music that they want because that's just going to keep that fire burning for a little bit longer. Absolutely. Why why uh turn them away? I don't want to say turn right. them away from it, but get them yeah, just unintrigued basically. Yeah. Right. Right. Just un whatever, you right. know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Luis. Yes. What's give me give me your your origin story. Okay. So, um <laughs> I'm from, uh, I was born and raised in Mexico City. Okay. And uh, um, my parents are from uh, Michoacan. Um, so it's the state, um, I think you went to Guadalajara recently, yeah. but they're neighboring states. Okay. And uh, they're more specifically from a little town called Cotija, Michoacan, which is where the Cotija cheese comes from. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, they, they, they moved to Mexico City. I was born and raised in Mexico City. Um, but I did get to go to Cotija a lot. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I lived in Mexico City till I was about 13 years old. And, and then, siblings? Uh, Do you have brothers or sisters? Yes. Oh, yeah. I have three siblings that okay. are way older than me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. I was a baby. I'm the youngest of four. Okay. And, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, um, I would say two of my siblings are old enough to be my parents. Oh, shit. And uh, when I was born, I would say my parents were probably old enough to be my grandparents. Okay. So there was, like, a big generation gap there. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah. that might have actually, you know, helped with music, right? Because there is such a difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you have that generational gap. Absolutely. So new music is being introduced. and yeah. Right. And, and uh, my, uh, as far as the, the, the music being in the family, uh, my, my sister, my oldest sister, she was a musician in Mexico mm. City. My, uh, my mom used to sing uh, in church too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and she, she also has a twin. And uh, ever since they were little, they used to sing and harmonize together. Mm. And mm. Uh, in such a small little town in Cotija, they were like, you know, like a big deal because like, mm. oh, it's like the two little twins that, that, that harmonize with each other. And they know? were doing that as kids? Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, yeah. They're so good, too. And, oh. and um, all my, I mean, most of my family from my, my mom's side, uh, I never got to meet most of them but but uh, apparently there was a lot of musicians in the house cool my grandpa i got i never got to meet him but uh, um he he was also a musician slash carpenter slash luthier so oh he, shit. yeah oh, so wow cool. yeah so he he used to make from what i'm been told he used to make violins and guitars and all this stuff too beautiful and uh now man how uh, what i would pay to like own one of those i was guitars, just gonna say you know? do you have one no i don't nobody has any idea where any of those instruments are and i wow. wish i knew you know wow crazy um, but, so um, after, so at thirteen, you moved to <clears throat> Arizona, or no, I moved to California first. Oh, okay. I was in California for two years, and then uh, uh, ended up coming to Arizona. Okay, and now I've been here now most of my life. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just celebrated twenty twenty years in Arizona. Really? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So I'm close. I twenty seven right. years in Massachusetts, twenty years in Arizona. 
Nice. And I, it, yeah. I have 20 years. This, this was my 20th year in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, well, what brought you and your family to Phoenix? Um. Well, there were uh, a lot of things. I mean, mostly, you know, looking for a better, better, better uh, lifestyle, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, my, we had some family, we had some family here in Phoenix. Uh, my sister ended up coming up here. Um, I mean, a long time ago, but mm-hmm. she, uh, um, she was just hanging out here and then she just kind of like, was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to stay here. And mm-hmm. then uh, we came to visit her a few times. And then from there, like my parents were like, oh, you know what? This is actually kind of nice. You mm-hmm. know, we, we kind of like the, how things are going here. So, uh. They just decided to to move here. So uh, yeah, yeah. So I spent two years in California, and then when I moved here, um, yeah, I was I was still kind of like learning English, you know, and everything, you know. But uh, um, yeah, but it was it, it was. I mean, there was a lot of family stuff that was happening at the time sure. too. Yeah. But uh, um, we had to leave California because gotcha. uh, the situation wasn't ideal. Yeah. So uh, Arizona was just the next place that we had someone close that we yeah. could just kind of anchor ourselves at. You know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And yeah. and when did you find the guitar so i i was around guitars again most of my life since i was little because my sister played and she sang um she used to play uh, traditional mexican music and also south american music Ah. and um so there was always a guitar in the house um mariachis would come to the house for like celebrations and everything and my mom and my aunt would always sing with them that's awesome and um the um we also had an organ at the house that I think they bought for one of my sisters and uh, it was just sitting there, you know, and I would kind of go there and it was old when I was, again, like when I was born, like it was already like a very old organ. Uh, like a pump uh, organ? Or? Um, no, um, no, no, it wasn't a pump organ. Um, actually, excuse my ignorance, the pump organ, that's the one with the yes. pedal. You, you have to physically push the air through. Oh, no, 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 then okay. it wasn't that. No, so it was, um, I would say electric then. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, but it was all dirty and dusty and everything, so like almost nothing worked, you know. Uh-huh. But whenever I would like move scratchy, like the scratchy volume part around, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, kind of works. And like ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then uh, my mom was like, "Okay, well, you know what? Um, you should learn organ." And I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, sure, let's go." He was like, "Yeah, there's this guy in your school, you know, that he plays organ. You yes. should play organ too." And I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay, sure." <laughs> and then. I didn't learn organ. I went to this guy that was teaching uh, uh, keys, you know, yeah. I mean, not really organ, you know, but I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And I got into it. I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. I'm into it. Uh, at some point I went to visit a, a cousin in, in Cotija mm-hmm. and uh, he had just started to play guitar and he showed me his electric guitar and he was like, look at all these songs that I know. And mm-hmm. he was like showing me all this stuff. And I was like, damn, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. And I remember like he stepped away, he went to the bathroom or something and I went to his guitar and I strummed the strings. I went boom, yeah. And I just felt this thing inside of me that was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. And then I went <laughs> like, when we got back to Mexico, I told my teacher, I was like, I don't want to play yeah. keys anymore. I want to play guitar. And he was like, okay, let's switch to the guitar. And I, I started learning guitar. Then. Do you remember what that guitar was? Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a cheap, a very, very cheap. Uh, uh, the brand, I haven't even seen that brand here, but it was. I, I saw it a lot in Mexico. But uh-huh. the band, the brand was Babylon. Okay, but it was like a. It looked like a shredder, like dark green. Uh, gotcha. Uh, um, yeah, it was. It was, it was like pretty cool, but it was an electric. Yeah. And what was what were some of those songs that he played that really impressed you? He was playing Metallica. He was playing mm-hmm. uh, uh, Nirvana. Um, at that at, at that age, like I was like 
like really into like uh, uh like Blink One Eighty Two and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So he played stuff like some punk, you know, punk so rock. So this is what uh, mid nineties, early ish nineties. So I started when I was twelve. So was that nine? Uh, two thousand and two, actually, almost. early two thousands. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it was about two thousand. Yeah, early two thousands, I would say. Yeah. And then when you you're here, you're you're now you're kind of committed to the guitar and and do you do the college thing yeah i uh, uh when i went to uh, glendale community college i um, is that where y'all met yeah, yeah. oh come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> we met in music theory class okay <laughs> <laughs> but um we um i uh, um i wanted to go to college just to get better at metal because i was like just like you know what I, metal was my thing at the time you yeah. know he got and checked real quick <laughs> yeah i was like you know i just want to get better at metal i want to learn all this stuff just so i can be better at metal but yeah. then the moment that i got to college i like my eyes were opened up and like i discovered all this stuff and i was like oh my goodness so, and, yeah. so you decided to do gcc for music yes mm-hmm. just yeah. like you yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 and you meet in music theory class mm-hmm. and was it like like uh share let's meet after let's share notes or what, no. what was that for what were those first interactions like i think one day we met at a party uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna lie yeah. it's like wait are you in music are, theory i know you uh, are you gonna be Tuesdays? there cool i'll see you there like i i, I knew that she was like i mean we we, uh, we uh, knew of each other yeah her presence was always like very felt in that oh, class. Here oh, we, like, here you we know, go. This is the stories I wanted. Let's go. No, but she, you know she's always bubbly and everything. Yeah. And I remember like one of the first times that I was just like, "What? Who, who, who's this girl?" Uh, it's like uh, our uh, music theory teacher, uh, 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 <laughs> great guy. God. Uh, he. Doctor uh, Al. Doctor Yeah. He. Um, it was concert week, and uh, Dr. Alvary, like, uh, he was, like, taking attendance, you know, and he was like, oh, yeah, Mara Menta, he's like, oh, here, and she, and he's like, yeah, I saw you there last night shaking that thing, <laughs> and, like, and I was just like, what, and Mara just starts laughing just like that, I- and she, she went, goes to her backpack and grabs, like, a little egg shaker, and she's like, yeah, <laughs> so I guess she was at the choir oh concert, you know, but I was just like, oh, oh. that's funny. But uh, um, that's yeah, funny. we were in music theory class. Shout and, you know, out Dr. Bob. <laughs> just like the, the music community, you know, yeah. like in the community college, the music community is also very small. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, I heard I mean, that program is is very good. It's so good. You know, yeah. it was it was good while we were there. You know, um, this is early 2000s. Yeah. Just uh, this it. was this no. was mid mid 2000, like uh, 2007 for me. I oh, think yeah. I started 2008 for I him. started 2008. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We met in 2008, mm-hmm. and then um, got. I'd say like we started probably working together in 2009. Got you. Yeah. And did Lumar come first, or did the stakes? Lumar. Lumar. Lumar yeah. came first. Yeah. Because there was a, a. It was also a GCC. There was some talent show happening, mm-hmm. and Mara was like, "Hey, I, I want to do this talent show. Like, would you want to play guitar on it?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that was like the first. Thing that we played we together. Did mm. together and ever since then we're like oh, okay well you know then we did like another talent show and then after that we're like you know what i, I think we had like a gig opportunity come up and mm-hmm. like ever since then you know we just, just uh, yeah it just kind of happened yeah mm-hmm. yeah and the so are you guys writing as lumar or is it mainly like a cover thing or like what it, it started as a cover thing it yeah. started as like you know let's work you know let's mm-hmm. just uh, 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 uh you know we enjoy what we're doing let's let's make some money with it mm-hmm. right um, but uh, we we're which he working. was really the brains of I gotta say he yeah. was really like pushing us to get like more 
get Ex- it set. Yeah, let's really together. get out there together. Yeah, yeah. and do it. Like, he's like, if you want to do it, let's do it. But he made it happen. I got to say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, lately, the, we, we, we're we working on uh, uh, just getting that creative juice flowing, you know. So yeah. we're, we're really, uh, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now. And now, like, we're still happy to do it and and we're going to continue doing it but uh we're we're really trying to you know like really dig into that aspect of like all right you know let's just create let's just be kids with music and Mm -hmm. then just you know like uh, just create i I mean what i'm trying to do is just get used to uh writing to the trash can you know it's just right you know i know that which has been such a weird feeling for me even growing up you know since high school it's like Mm -hmm. always typing something now to writing something now and then just being like this sucks yeah never revisiting that's it and I haven't heard it put that way, writing for the trash can. Yeah. But so many of the writers that I really respect, they they write just to write. And yeah. whether it even, you know, is a song, becomes a song, will, you know, will never be read again, they practice that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Every, every day, if it's a journal, you know, a couple pages, just, just writing to write, and maybe there's a shred... Maybe there's a half of a sentence that is inspiring to you the next day, right? And then you can work on it. That's that's I'm I'm the same way, man. I I need to do that. There was a time when I I wrote constantly and I thought, oh, this is something, you know. But now I'm almost at the point where it's like I don't I don't really want to start because I'm afraid if it isn't great, that's I, me, you know. Yeah, but, you know, and it's not it's not the putting time into something that won't see the light it's more just i'm like now i'm self checking what i'm doing and that's not the point i know the point is to express right and then find yes find the find the gem and and expand and expand on it you know Mm -hmm. but that's just that's that's a great way to put it i i haven't heard it that way and Man, I'm I'm with you. We're all in the same boat on that, right? Let's write yeah. for the trash can. He always reminds me of that too. He yeah. said that a lot over the past like two years. I'd say when we started really trying, or maybe even just this past year, trying to write more original stuff. Just the two of us, just yeah. to get something, even if it's for the stakes or not. We right. just want to create and yeah. and keep that momentum going. Yeah. And it's definitely a fire that. that you have to stoke. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's a muscle. That's you know? a good right. way of putting that too. See? Yeah. And t- to me, one of the harder oh, things yeah. too is that <laughs> most of my music career or, or, or just music journey has mm-hmm. been since I was young, I've been, I've always had a hard time listening to lyrics. Okay. Mm. So I, mm. I get so, so zoned your music into the music. First. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm working on, you know, like now, now I'm discovering a bunch of stuff that I've always listened to that I'm like, oh, this is what this talks about. This is so beautiful. Cool. Yeah. You know? I love so that, I'm like though. relearning, yeah. you know, like the music that I know, you know, I'm like, oh, right. wow, this is amazing, you know. But Hearing um, it in a new context. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because those words can affect, affect 100%. The mu- obviously it affects the music, but yeah. you know, like you can hear it in a different way when you put those two things together yes yes yeah. and, and I, i've been i've been enjoying the process but, yeah. uh, but i'm like re re-listening to stuff that i've always listened to that has no idea what it talks about right but i've always been very musically inclined like and 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 i don't know what it's been you know like but i'll, I'll, I'll listen to something and i just zone into the music and i'm mm. like what, what were they saying like right but <laughs> right. i literally had a, a very very hard time focusing on words huh. but now I'm, I'm better at it now i actually I'm, I'm listening i'm like oh yeah okay this is this is a beautiful story here right you know? Mara, um, where do you fall in this? Are you 
Are you lyric first, melody first, music first, or does it all happen? <sighs> Dang, you know, in the first listen, everything. Mm -hmm. um, if I go back, um, maybe the second time, I'll kind of hear something else pinpointed in the music that I'm like, ooh, hey. Mm -hmm. But usually, like, I, I take a listen to, I'm hoping everything at once. Mm -hmm. And once I hear that, like, one thing that sticks out that first run of listening like just a song or maybe an al a whole album but one thing that sticks out immediately in the music it just stays with me forever hmm. Hmm. um so i i but i know i definitely dial into lyrics with the music just just because that's that's feeling uh -huh. you know that's emotion right there that's also if you're going to interpret that song in some other way you need to know what character you're really that's actually striving right. for. That's a good point. And that's always been my my motive, at huh. least. So, and it's funny. I don't think my students really like that. They just want to sing. Uh -huh. And that's fine. Right. But I want you to know what you're singing. Do you even understand this love song, you little right. eight-year-old? You right. know? <laughs> right. Are you as picky as I am about vocal quality, vocal tone, uh, probably, timbre? Probably. But... Yes and no. I think it really depends. I know I'll probably side note to him like during something I'll be like, oh, and I probably sound like a snob, you know, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm just, it, but it's, but, I got to tell someone, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I don't think, I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of that, but I also understand good quality in all of those aspects, uh -huh. you know? Uh -huh. So once I hear it, I'm like, oh, right there. That's amazing. You know? listen to how they like, whether it's just controlling the room controlling their their you know full-on technique how they actually move huh. you know their uh -huh. melody around or whether they're really good at improv and they're just kind of up there scatting or something i'm uh -huh. a big scat fan yeah. so but that's because that's still instrumental and i love that about the voices it's still you know instrumental so i can get picky about it but i think it's just you know to each their own i i know people don't like that saying but it is true you know yeah everyone's interpretation comes out a certain way but i can be a little bit picky about it it just well depends and two two things uh one is you mentioned when you reinterpret something right do you have a particular lens i mean obviously it's it's your perspective but like i have i kind of have some things in mind when I try to reinterpret and whether that's just me trying to make it easier for me or to process it for my voice, for my tone, do you have a, like a couple people, uh, singers that you think, all right, I should put this lens on it. Does it, is it song by song or is it just like, this is the Mara lens and, and it's a combination of these singers. Yeah. Um, man, and it's funny, it can be any, I mean, obviously what I grew up with, you know, I mentioned Linda Ronstadt She's, earlier. She's incredible. Obviously, I mean, um, lights out. Selena was a big mm -hmm. deal to me growing up, especially at that time in the 90s it, when she What was it about her, her vocals that, that spoke to you? Uh, she was so passionate. Hmm. Passion is, was her game, you know? It was definitely just... And maybe it was almost forced into that. I don't want to call it forced, though. I, I tell my students that I don't like saying forced because I don't want you forcing anything from here, you mm -hmm. know, but I want you to engage in it. I want you to feel like emphasis of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I know that what she did, you know, doing it in, in Spanish, singing in Spanish and in English, it was just very 
passionate. Hmm. What she felt like you would feel that. Anyone would listen to like a Si Una Vez. She sings with like such an essence and she puts it in her sound, you know? Uh-huh. And then there's also an English song, I could fall in love and and she just sings it and it's just so like, oh my God, I could fall in like you just uh-huh. you uh-huh. feel that, uh-huh. you know? And that's what I loved about the queen, you know, that was yeah. that's what she was good at was was Pat being passionate about it because you know she loved to sing. Right. Whatever she was going through. In any manner, in any moment, she would go out there and she would be there for the fans. She would be there with the music and she would be there for herself to get through, Mm -hmm, you know. So mm -hmm. um, same thing with like Whitney Houston, um, Shaka Khan, you know, I could name so many singers that I love. Even nowadays, Snow Allegra, like I love her because she really puts that like feel into the songs. Like songs, I want to sing to him, you know, Uh (laughs) or I want to be like, this is how I, because you just feel that emotion from it. And I love that. And I know I can interpret that then my own way, but also still, you know, keeping the music to itself, you know, keeping the music as it is basically. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you want to change it up and add your own thing. Well, of course. And, and I, you know, as a, as someone who performs a lot of cover music throughout mm-hmm. the year, mm-hmm. um, you have to put your own thing to it. Otherwise, you're not going to like it's I don't want to be I don't want to be musical wallpaper. And the, and the way that I see right. it is reinterpreting the music to fit my style and singing. I mean, I'm trying to pay homage to the to my heroes, mm-hmm. but I have to make it my own. I have to put something of my me in it. Right. Otherwise, I'm just a jukebox, and I don't exactly. want to. Exactly. It doesn't do, do that. you any favors. No. no. And it doesn't. It doesn't do anyone else any favors. No. You know, not only will I be unimpressed, and and uh, yeah, but the room will be like, wow, we we could just go home oh, and this listen DJ's to this. DJ is really great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned Linda Ronstadt, mm-hmm. Selena. What would you say your your third, your top three? Oh my God, it's got to be a good one. Stevie Wonder. I was just going to say, because last time I saw you all at the Womack, you played you know, a lot of Stevie I Wonder. I could easily be like Michael Jackson. I could easily be like Prince, because my mom's a big Prince. Like, y'all, <laughs> I probably still haven't heard all of uh, <laughs> Prince's repertoire just because she wouldn't let me listen to it. Oh. <laughs> it was, Somehow. I mean, one of my favorite songs growing up was Erotic City. And nice. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to listen to it. I love that. <laughs>
That beat is fat. <laughs> One of my favorites was Darling Nikki. Oh my God. Seriously. I mean, Purple Rain I never heard that until I was like 16 or 17. I was, I was lip syncing to that song like as an, like a 12 year old or 13. That's fun. I mean, that record completely oh. changed my life. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just like, you can, you can make songs like this. I know. You can sing like this. You can play I guitar know. like this. I mean, Purple Rain to me is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. The whole record, but also the song. I know. Oh my God. I know. I agree. But without Stevie, I feel like yeah. none of that would have really been present. Hmm. You know, I, and not to say like, Prince, give your ups to Stevie. You know, right. obviously Michael Jackson, definitely right within that same category of Motown, mm-hmm. but it it's definitely Stevie. I love Stevie. I adore Stevie. I freak out if I see him in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has that happened often? No, well, a couple times. <laughs> like I'm so cool. <laughs> well, a couple times he's you know, called we me were, every now and then. <laughs> yeah, we've been at parties. No, he um he goes to Nam, and so. Oh, got you. My homie over here got me into Nam, nice. and so we would go uh, through work through through our uh, teaching job, actually our studio. Um, back then, they had a, a good number of uh, Nam badges that we'd be able to get through the awesome. the company and through the business. Yeah, we'd go out to Nam and enjoy ourselves, and um, we were just walking around. Yeah, and he looks at me. Luis looks at me like, "Oh my God, we have to over here right now, yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. right now." And I was the minute I saw his face. I probably looked like I was about to have a panic attack because yeah. I immediately knew. Yeah. <laughs> and we run over there and there's Stevie walking by. That's where my, my Facebook profile picture oh, is. Oh, is that right? Is Stevie yeah. walking away and I'm just like, here we are. That's awesome. <laughs> you don't see me, but I see you. <laughs> and um, I, there was another time, a couple years later, um, I saw him for probably like the third time at NAM. Not like, hey, Stevie, what's up? Right. But I was just like, Stevie, I love you. And he just stopped and looked at me and he was like, I love you too. Yeah. And I immediately teared and I, there was a bathroom right there and I just ran to the bathroom and cried. Oh, yeah. It was the coolest thing. Yeah. I love Stevie with all my heart. And I feel like he really set the tone and timbre for a lot of other musicians after him. Yeah. And the Motown sound because he started when he was young. Yeah. Yep. Is there a particular Stevie tune where you're like this? If people who have never heard Stevie before and they are aliens from another planet, but <laughs> if you have to tell someone, they have to be for this song. <laughs> all right, so what? Yeah. So what? One Stevie song? Are you like? This is where you should start, Damn. or an album? You know. Okay. If you have to start there, because I always want to give my my favorite song, but you have to start somewhere, I guess, to really understand him. Um, one would be Overjoyed. Just for two, though you never knew you were my reason. I've gone much too far for you now to say that I've got to throw my castle away over dreams. I am out of perfect comes true Though you never knew it was of you I'd been dreaming And um, no one likes this song 
but I just called to say I love you. Are you kidding me? That's a great song. A lot of people think that's like the cheesiest thing he oh, could have ever came up with. People need to stop it with the I cheesy. know. It's so sad. Because I'm always like, oh, yeah, I don't know that song. They're like, that's the worst Valentine's song he could have ever created. I'm like, no, that's, but it's really Write something better. <laughs> exactly. Right, right, right. Something Show better. him up. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Good point, Brian. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, we definitely share a love of, of, of Stevie. I love Stevie. Luis, um, hit me with some of your, well, three of your most influential guitar players that you Ooh. were inspired by. Maybe you model some of your, your talent to them. Uh, but, like, hit me with your three guys or girls yeah. throughout it doesn't have to be like in the last 10 years okay. but so ah okay so this is this is i mean this could change at any moment but right now i, I mean know, i know same. that yeah. when i really really got into guitar and i really got into metal um it's funny i don't listen to them as much anymore uh, or that much at all really but um i was pretty much practicing so if Kirk Hammett from Metallica yeah. ever went down, I would yeah. be ready to yeah. go. I would You'd be, be that cat <laughs> yeah. listening to the show. He goes down. Someone says, hey, can anyone play? Exactly. You know, you'd be like, I'm your guy. Exactly. Okay. He grew out his hair just in time for that last nah, tour. That's not, I'm that's just not playing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, remember me? You guys noticed me? me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, 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 but he really was a big influence starting out. Um, uh, and what do you, what is it about his playing? I mean, I, right now I'm not that big fan of his playing, honestly. Yeah. But but back yeah. then, like I really, I mean, I the way that that I discovered music was weird because I I didn't really listen to full albums like back uh. then. Like it was like I had like a weird upbringing because all my siblings listened to different stuff, uh. and uh, and the way that I kind of discovered a lot of music was through MTV. You know, yeah. So right. so you know they would have like the top twenty of the week or of the day or whatever. Yeah. And uh, in Mexico City, at least like the part where I lived in, there was like a lot of bootleg happening. Uh. I'm sure there still is. You know, but um. Actually, so I what can't would, say that. What did he rip it from MTV? Well, or? no, but they would like burn CDs where it's like, hey, this is the current top 20 right now. Ah, and I would buy like the top 20 CDs and I'd hear the stuff like, oh, okay, cool. You know, but then when I got into uh, Metallica, which my cousin that played guitar, yeah. like that, that he was really into it. Um, I, I just like saw like, you know, like it was, I guess it was like when I first started pe seeing people shredding and I was hmm. like, oh, dang, that's cool. And then. Really, like, it was mostly that. It was, like, my first impression of somebody shredding the guitar. You okay. Know? Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I, you know, and I bought the, the tape. I bought the black tape, you know, yeah. and, right. and I, I tried to learn um, uh, the acoustic guitar one. Uh, uh, what was uh, it? Uh, Fade to Black? No, 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 no. 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 Uh, uh, so close. No, yes, I was gonna uh, say that's my that's my, uh, nothing else matters. Nothing else, nothing matters. else matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, as a as a kind of a casual Metallica listener, I didn't know who was playing what. Right. I right. never saw them live. I didn't know 
who who's who was filling the role of lead or rhythm or were they both you know like so I wouldn't have been able to pick them out but you were able to you're like that's Kirk well no I mean and that song I uh, I mean I I happened I did happen buy one like bootleg VHS you know of like Metallica Live in like Dallas or something you know so I did see like oh this guy's okay. playing this this guy's playing this this guy's playing this you yeah know? but no I wouldn't even now like you know if I heard some stuff I probably wouldn't be able to tell exactly I mean for the most part I know like you know Kirk does the leads and and James right. you know does the rhythm. Uh, but James also does some of the solos, which he does a solo for uh, "Nothing Else Matters." Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I I would I wasn't able to tell him apart, you know. But uh-huh. uh, uh, but I knew that like most of the solos were Kirk, you know. Got you. So uh, yeah, so I was really attracted to like the solos. Yeah, I like the ribs and everything. But, yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, that was one of my first very early influences. Yeah. Um, later on, uh, well, I mean, I guess I'll just jump like way till recently, but. Um, Recently, my uh, my two two of my biggest ones are uh, 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 Mateo Sasato and uh, Isaiah Sharkey. Okay. Isaiah Sharkey, I would say, is my top my favorite guitar player. Yeah, at the moment. I would and, say so. Um, and and I'm I'm not familiar with with him. Um, Isaiah Sharkey, he he has his own project now, but he also works as a sideman with a bunch of people. Uh, he plays with D'Angelo. Okay, plays with uh, uh um. Spacing now, but I know he's toured with a, 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 a like so Brian John, McKnight. Um, is he John Mayer? Oh yeah, he's yeah. A, John Mayer's uh, uh, other guitarist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so Isaiah Sharkey, he plays on the the the, the latest uh, 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 D'Angelo record, the okay. uh, um, um, Black Messiah. Uh huh. Um, but uh, in uh, I think like Voodoo, there's a bunch of guys like uh, okay. there's like Spanky Alford. There's uh, I think Charlie Hunter's on that too. Charlie Hunter, huh? come on, man. I know. Ooh, that guy's a whole guy's a monster. monster man. <laughs> I remember seeing. I remember watching Charlie Hunter for the first time and thinking, I don't even understand. I know, I know what the instrument. But had, like we have way too many strings, you're doing way too much, <laughs> and it, it's like it, it like blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, to play the bass and to comp chords and to solo at the same time, unbelievable. Like what is happening in his brain? Unbelievable. To be able to parcel all that stuff out. Too much for me right. to handle. Yeah, I know. I'm just like <laughs> I can't even watch it because then it takes away from the sonic experience, the the musical experience it's like i'm already trying to dissect it i'm i'm too far into technically what's happening <laughs> and i can't just let the music happen yeah, yeah. Be like oh it's cool it's just one person like stop trying to figure like, it out wow that's yeah. cool no you what never the? Fig- yeah, <laughs> no. exactly yeah <laughs> so so lumar has been going since the late to well late Aughts of two thousand seven, eight, nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Somewhere and there. and playing locally, have you been able to get out of state? Is it, or is it just kind of not just kind of, but is it is it like the day job? You know what I mean? Well, we we have gotten out of state a little bit. You know, yeah. nothing crazy. Uh, we we've done you know some private stuff in California. You yeah. Know, um, we we've done something Colorado. in Vegas, uh, Colorado. We've Vegas. done some uh, Colorado. Also, yeah. we went to Hawaii once. You know, we played once out there. We have yeah. gone out um, to Hawaii. Nice. We're still wanting to go back. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anyone out there I'm saying. needs to hire Lamar, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Just gonna take a small cut from the top. Hey, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's Just fine. Get us a place to stay. How about that? Or we'll get the place and you get the airline. Something. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and, and and how did the the stakes develop? And how did you guys get involved with that? So back in the day, Lumar was doing a gig at the once great Paz Cantina. Mm. And it was the original, original location. Original yeah. Paz Cantina. I remember that. Yeah. Because I was living down there. I we, know. Would, we would roll over there, man. That <sighs> was a fun spot. It was I, the yeah. coolest spot. It had I the whole those. feel of the outdoor, the yeah. indoor, the original, I'd say environment mm -hmm. that everybody like the Pemberton and like everyone uh Churchill yes. you know everyone yes. tries to embrace yes but a culinary dropout right the yard. and yeah, yes because yeah. exactly. they had ping pong outside yep. they had the games yep. yeah yep and they had that kind of like uh, horseshoe half half shell uh -huh. with different things different uh, vibes <clears throat> and, and great, great food, food. Yeah. yeah you're in yeah. my head ah Man, so yeah. good. So I miss we, the Tingo tacos. Man. Yeah, definitely uh, yeah. missed that place. We even kept up with Paz uh, truck after yes. that until the whole thing ended up having to just close up, yeah. and it was so sad. But yeah. but anyways, Paz Cantina. So we're just doing this gig, and um, a friend of mine actually uh, had uh, got us for the gig. You know, R.I.P. to him, Andrew. And um, Andrew West, though, he had actually hit us up. He was like, my, my band, Old Storm, is going to be doing something at Paz Cantina. I'm going to have another group. I'm brain farting on who that was, too. And um, But another like acoustic kind of vibe. Yeah. I think they were a trio. And then um, Old Storm's a duo, and then we're a duo. And it was a really sad setup, but it was like workable because uh. it was just fun. It was a great environment, and people were still into it. And... Um, we were just chilling at Paws, and Holly Pyle is actually who recommended me to the Stakes. Nice. She was not the original singer of the Stakes, but she was the after um, the original singer, the um, secondary singer. Mm -hmm. And so she did a couple of, um, I think she sang with them for a couple of years, right? Something I'm like not that. Exactly how long? I that know, me neither. Maybe a year to two years. Um, but once her and House of Stairs were starting to get things really kicking off for themselves, she didn't have as she, much time. Absolutely. And I mean, that's where her heart was going was yeah. towards her passion right. project. And that's understandable. Right. But because we were also very connected, she was like, you'd be the perfect vibe. Can I introduce you to the stakes? And I was like, what? <laughs> the stakes? Like, my homie actually got me into them. Mm. So it was really funny that. So you guys were fans of the band. We were yeah. basically fans oh, wow. before, before you... we ever met them, knew them, anything. Wow. Mm. Yeah, he took me to a concert. Holly was there. I knew who Holly was. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this band's awesome. And it's great. She's like putting her jazz you yes, know, yeah. point into it and it's just so cool and it makes sense though hip hop and jazz yeah. what? yeah well when you think about it a lot of the early hip hop was it's just sampling been jazz sampling right. jazz yeah. and yeah. it's like yeah that's beautiful and, and grooves like groove mm. first for sure and then rap over it yeah um, yeah I mean um, Ron Carter absolutely and Tropical Quest like right that that to me, or you know, De La Soul, mm -hmm. like that early stuff. Where did a lot of your R and B and neo soul come from? Right, you know, same right. thing, same aspect. So yeah. it was really cool to see her up there with this 
dope ass band and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then one day she's like hey want to meet them and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> but i i met up with a uh, z-dub that night he came out because he lived really close by and so he came out to just basically get to know me yeah you know yeah sure you know here's our practice place blah 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 um get in touch with ben you know he's yeah. already waiting for your call i was like okay this is crazy fast like whoa yeah but i reached out to Ben. Um, they set me up with a practice time, meet me at their practice or meet them, sorry, at their practice. And, um, I met them at a spot over, uh, off of the 202 and McDowell. And we basically jammed and I kind of got familiar with them and it was so cool. It was back at Kevin's, uh, dad's old studio and, and what, I'm sorry, what was that? It Who, was really fun. Kevin's dad? Uh, Kevin is our um, drummer, Kevin okay. Phillips. Got you. And then his dad is Harry Kevin Phillips. That's his father. Uh -huh. Great bass player. And great oh, really? bass player, yeah. yeah. Um, he would always let us have rehearsal there. We moved to a couple different like locations with his studio, but that was our practice space, and that's where we actually, that's where I recorded with the stakes for the first time, and as well as Luis. And when was that? Just give me a year. Oh my God, not, uh, nine years ago? Maybe it's been 10 years. Uh, I don't know. Like my gosh. 2015-ish? I think it was 2015. Ah, I'm awful with yeah. dates. I'm just, I, I yeah. just, I need, I like dates so I can see right. where I was at that time and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. think of where the world was at I that know, time. I know, I get that. I know that Nash had, a, um, they had their anniversary recently, right? Yeah. Um, because I, I discovered the stakes because when the Nash first opened up, like I was, I don't know, at some point I thought I was going to become like a jazz guy, like a straight up jazz guy. Uh -huh. So when the jazz opened up, like I was trying to like connect myself with the scene. So uh -huh. I would go to the Nash all the time, you know, for like the jam sessions. Yeah. And like whoever was playing, you know, if I was free, I was like, yeah, let's see what's up. Yeah. Um, and then I'm pretty sure I heard of the stakes from, from there um, because they did a show at the Nash. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, this is awesome. So then I told her about it. Yeah. But I know it was. So if their anniversary was recently. Uh, 10 year anniversary. Then? I think it was a 10 year anniversary. Yeah, I think about it. It was a 10 year anniversary. 2013. Yeah. So it was probably 20. Yeah. When we heard of them. And then 2015 is probably yeah, when Holly we went had ahead her and, her thing and yeah, somewhere on there. Yes, when that makes sense. Because when you saw off. them, Holly was there, and when I yeah, saw, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Hey there, I am Boomer. And I'm Pixie Ola. Our podcast, Service Entrance People, is for and about the gritty, underpaid, underprivileged service industry workers of the world. Unite! Day in and day out, we walk through the parking lot of broken dreams. So if you're interested in listening and sharing in the war stories of the, the industry, and if you're curious as to what us, the help, are really thinking, we are going to educate you with stories of the strange, shocking, and hilarious, because Laughing is the only way that we can think to even try to get our ways through each day. <laughs> this industry is one that we absolutely, truly love. And although you'll hear horror stories and rants and bitching that we have to work at work because that's the kind of petty betty that we are, we kid because we care. You can find service entrance people on all major platforms as well as YouTube and would like to say thank you for tuning into my friend Brian Chartrand and the So The Story Goes podcast. I've known him for longer than he or I would admit. And yes, he is that cool in real life. What's up, y'all? My name is Tanner Sigfort, owner of Groove Booking, and I have a podcast called Great Exposure. First of all, thanks for listening to So the Story Goes. Brian is a great guy, a friend, and this is a fantastic and very well done podcast. 
The title of my podcast, Great Exposure, is a play on the term us musicians have always heard when being lowballed for a gig, followed by, but this gig is great exposure. I am a professional musician and booking agent, and through the years I've met so many amazing entertainers. I created this podcast to have open format conversations with the artists and DJs I have the pleasure of working with. Being that my guests are always artists of some sort, we typically talk about music and the industry. However, sometimes we get on long, drawn-out conversations about very random topics, and that's where I really get to see their personalities shine, and I get to know them on a deeper level than just their music careers, and that is my favorite part of the show. I appreciate Brian featuring this ad on his podcast, and I really hope you enjoy Great Exposure, available on Spreaker, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Now, back to So The Story Goes. I want to tell you about a podcast. It's called The Age-Old Question. A podcast for music fans. Have you ever found yourself in a conversation with a friend about one of music's unanswerable questions? What's the greatest decade in music? What's the best use of a song in a movie? Who's the greatest singer of all time? Join me, Rich Price, and my co-host, Clint Bierman, as we have fun answering another age-old question. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a crazy roller coaster with the stakes, man. It's been it's been awesome. It's been a fun ride. Yeah. And it's been a crazy... I can't believe we've been with the band that long now. Yeah. When she joined um, Caleb, one of the founding members, the guitar player, he happened to have just moved to L.A. too. So uh, then she yeah. joined the band, you know, and they're like, okay, yeah, go do this thing. And then she's like, hey, do you guys have guitars? Like, I have a guitarist, you know? And then they're like, oh, sure, yeah, bring him over, you know? And then I went over there and like, Basically came to a show and became pals. Like, it was just easy. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think I did, like, one show with the group. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, come play this show. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, let me know, guys, Mm -hmm. if you you guys need any any guitar for any other shows or anything. And C was like, oh, yeah, just all of them. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want. He's like, yeah, the the rest of our shows. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, Oh, okay. Welcome to the band. (laughs) Uh, Thanks so much. Uh, (laughs) Rehearsal went great. Exactly. So I, I introduced her to the band. She got got in the the band, and then she got me in the band. (laughs) (laughs) That's a proper tag team right there. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. And you guys release... Package deal. Right, that's right. That's right. Well, one gets in, opens the door, lets the other one in, shut the door. We were listening to some of the your latest releases with the stakes. Um, I think Head High was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I show 
So was I'm assuming that that was recorded prior to the pandemic. It was right, and then released in 2020. Yeah. Right, right, right. And did you have you guys been able to play that music live, celebrate yeah. that live? No, we, we didn't do like a like a proper release show, but mm-hmm. we 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 have been able to play that. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, we because the thing is like we were like trying to figure out you know like a time to like have a show like a release date and everything right. covid yeah. happened you know and we're so like you know hard. what we're never gonna release this you know yeah. so, so and, then, and but that's part of the reason why we called it now or never you know because yeah. like you know like we just have to do it because yeah 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 so so we ended up just releasing it during that time yeah so is it i saw three or four singles so is it like an ep or it's an ep okay, yeah gotcha. yeah that's mm-hmm. that's an ep now or ne- now or never which we released them all as singles you know yeah. they're all part of the ep that's yeah. i think that that's the way um, the, Lately, the, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, yeah. Released it as a single, and then you have something to promote instead of a, one record, and and maybe people will listen to four or five, six songs. Right. But it's better just hey, yeah. you promote one song, and then you promote another song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and how would you describe your roles in the states? In the stakes, are you writing? Or are you getting parts? Or like, like what's your creative role? So it, both. it's both. Yeah, because. Sometimes you know someone will bring in a full song like hey like mm-hmm. like Ben sometimes like brings in a full song like hey this is ben this whole is song Ben Ben, uh, ben Scolaro player. he plays keys and gotcha. he's yeah, founding member uh, cool. uh, 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 one of the composer arrangers got gotcha. mm-hmm. um, but uh, he he he'll bring in a full song like hey this is the song here are all the parts this is the chorus you know like you know yeah. there's some room for verses you know and everything but yeah. these are all the parts these are all the sections you know and 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 that's that and we have some other that are more open where we just ha- happen to be jamming we're like oh. That jam that we did, let's just turn that into something. You Got know? you. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes somebody will bring a beat. I know Kevin, like for head high, Kevin was like, you know, I'm hearing this beat in my head. He literally sang it to us. He sang it to us and we're like, okay, cool. And then we just, you know, put that together. Played a little recording of him singing and sang along with it. It was so cool. That's super fun though. So yeah, it's really been, there hasn't been like a specific, you know, way. So yeah, there's definitely room to just, I brought this in. Let's see what comes out of it. So it's a super collaborative, creative, open, welcoming. It has to be. Yeah. And and one of my favorite thing about it too is like that we do a lot of shows where we're like, okay, cool. Well, let's do this for this show, you know? Mm. So we'll do like, I don't know, like one time we did like all these like Janet Jackson arrangements, you know, Mm. like, okay, cool. And, We'll do them at that show, and we'll never touch them again. Uh, you know. So if you were at the show, you saw it. If you weren't there, you're probably not gonna see them again. You yeah. Know? Same so, thing with any show that we have with our original stuff. We'll pull a cover out or just do something mm-hmm. so crazy different, and you'll never see that yeah, again. Probably won't see it again. Every it's just for that one show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've yet to go to a steak show, uh, but I I'm going to. You yeah, got, you gotta come you check got it out, man. Next time you come out. I'm yeah. on the list. You're on the list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what is um it's it's the holiday season uh and what does next year look like for you guys both with Lumar and the stakes and just kind of personally any any big uh things on the horizon? Right now uh uh right now the as far as Lumar and the stakes the calendar is pretty open, you know? Okay. Um so um Again, like I'm really hoping to focus more on you know just like the the creative aspect of everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now we don't have anything anything crazy lined up. You know, like we we, we do want to you know get some things going. Uh, I I hope uh, one of my goals is to really get us in the studio and do 
just a Lumar album, you know, just mm. the two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I do want, you know, I, uh, so I want to start with, you know, just like the, the, the duo album, you know, uh-huh. just us, because that's what we kind of started with. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also want to, probably not for next year, but eventually I want to do like a full band Lumar album. Like it's cool. still our music, you know, but we get yeah. like, you know, like the best players yeah. in town type it's of thing. You know? Yeah. Um, so that, well, that's, that's on my list for the year. And the you, stakes hopefully do some more recording as well. Yeah. yeah. And, do do you I mean have you considered just doing, you know, kind of the a best of covers Lumar approach right. thing? I mean, right. If you have this, you know, you you guys play enough, right, and, and have enough opportunity that I'm sure people come up and say, hey, where can I hear? Right, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, and like here is the thing. Right, we haven't we haven't really thought about releasing something like that we do have some recordings that we do mm-hmm. provide as reference you know whenever we get hired sure. and stuff like that it's like yeah. okay these are promotional like, material right we sure. have promotional material but we don't really we I, I really hadn't put much thought into it but maybe it's a good idea i mean you could just start knocking them out and someone comes up and say oh man we we loved your rendition of mm-hmm. of this stevie tune or whatever tune yeah all right well here's a little five song either yeah I, and I, actually this is a question for you guys I'm finding that people are buying CDs less. Right. So I'm experimenting with USBs. And the benefit of the USB is, one, it's smaller. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you're traveling, you can put 100 USBs in a, in a box this big. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can fit more music on it. Yeah. And so right. the, the pitch that I give at shows is, listen, I, I know... It's not your standard CD player, but I'm also finding that not a lot of people have CD players anymore. No. Right. Not in the car. They're not on your desktop. No. You know, they're not at home. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's see if that digital music works in that way. Right. So I don't know if it's, you know, if it's, you know, printing an actual CD or putting a ton of music on, on a USB right. stick that you sell, but... What's, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Would you press a CD or vinyl? I mean, no, honestly, recently we had been out to, um, I forgot where we were, Flagstaff or even Williams, hmm. and um, an artist out there that was just playing, you know, just casually playing out at a restaurant we were we were hanging at. Yeah. Um, they had USB drives, yeah. and it was like eye opening at that moment. I was yeah. like, wow, yeah, this is basically where we are that's right. the smartest thing because right. people are kind of hesitant for some reason with a cd because well, of the yeah, fact they that they to, don't yeah, right, have right. it <laughs> right. you gotta plug it into an old school computer or something right. like right. i don't have a tower right. <laughs> i will but say no, it's it's easier with the usb yeah, yeah, yeah. i will say like that there, there is like older people that mm-hmm. do want that cd they so still. the yep. thing <laughs> the way that i think about it is like but do you think I don't mean to interrupt, no. but, do, but do you think it's because they want to buy something physical? They want to have you. They want to have you sign something, or they just love the fidelity of a CD and have a CD. Player. They want to trust it works. Huh. I Two, think. I, yeah, 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 I think part of it is just part of like, hey, I want to support whatever it is that yeah. you're doing, and the other True. is like, I literally still listen to CDs for like the older people, mm-hmm. you know. Like with me, like a lot of like touring bands that come through like you know like smaller acts like a lot of times i end up just buying the cd i'll never open it i'll never right. unwrap it but i'll right. just buy it to support and i'll yeah. just still listen on, on spotify or whatever right you know? yeah but uh but a lot of times it's like you know what i want to support this group yeah. you know so i'll still buy it. And, and again i have like a stack of cds that i've never been open never mm-hmm. been listened to but let's but figure out a way let's figure out the thing mm-hmm. and maybe it won't happen on this podcast today right maybe we need a part two well, let's, this start you know, let's start the conversation <laughs> it, with that mentality right i want to support this band 
I will never open this CD, which I, I just, I get it. I'm the same way. I bought, I buy vinyl. I don't have same. a record player, yeah. but it's, it's that showing of support. So what can musicians do to create items, merchandise basically, that gives the person buying it the sense of I'm supporting and it's maybe a usable thing, not in the sense that a CD player can be put in a CD player. I'm sorry, a CD can be put in a CD player, but something that supports the band. And, you know, like I just feel bad that, that you have all these CDs that are unwrapped and it's like, I don't know. There, there has to be, right, right. There has it's to like be a one way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. But I, I know. I, I, I'm experimenting with different mediums, how to make a USB purchase more attractive you know, right. to people. As far as that goes, I've seen, uh, I did purchase a USB drive uh, once in North Carolina from this this uh, uh, this guitarist and like he had like a whole book in there. He had a bunch of music and mm. like it was very well presented and mm-hmm. like a little USB with this like wooden cover hmm. uh, uh, oh, with shit. like a uh, like a lanyard that you can put uh-huh. and everything. It, uh-huh. it was really nice. Uh-huh. And I bought it out of, imp- I mean, I was also trying to support, but I was like, this is cool. I've never, yeah. but this, here's the thing, because I still haven't never plugged it in, <laughs> but I haven't. Um, but well, I know like Captain Squeegee did that yeah. at some point yep. too with Danny Torgerson. Yeah, Has sure. he ever been on here? No. He would I be know. a have great guest. I've, been, tra- I've been connecting with him and he's like, no, man, I'm over here. And I'm Bro, like, sorry, man, I'm over here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they did this thing once where they, they were uh, uh, selling this, uh, this USB drive and it looked like really epic. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it may- maybe it was like, a sword or something epic like that. I was what? like, dang. And they were like selling it at one of their shows. I was like, I would buy one. I didn't get to that, go to that show, you know, but I remember them having that a long time ago. Yeah, see, that's, but that's attractive. These are, you know? these are merch ideas where you get to sell your music, but you also sell an experience. Yeah. But I want, I want the, I want the third phase of that. Mm-hmm. You saw it was, it looked cool. Okay. The second thing is, I can rip music from it. There's music on it. And I want one more step. I want the third step, which is some sort of universal functionality. Right. I want it to I want a third thing where it's an undeniable purchase. Like like a you know, like at the at the gas station when you're checking out, you're like, Yes, I'm buying this thing that's right at the cash register. I have to have it. So it my thing with those stakes is I've always wanted us to have like lighters mm. because we have a song called um, Five Minutes of Gold. And I wouldn't put the title of the song on there, but I would say All You Need Is A Light. Yeah. And because that's one of the lyrics in there. Right. Now, can we fit a USB into a lighter? Ah, That'd be sick. That'd be sick. Ah, okay. See, now we're talking there about we something. <laughs> there is a company that See? I know that has like covers for lighters. Oh. And it makes it so that they're like spinner kind of. Okay. Almost, yeah. So. I'm just. I just let's have just, to talk with them. Let's just start brainstorming. <laughs> yeah. You know what I, I barely saw recently? Maybe they've been around for a while, but I was Ooh. blown away when I just saw this recently. And I obviously bought one right away. But I saw these electric lighters <gasps> that you just yeah. charge them, you know? And it's like oh. they just give you this little spark, you know? Yeah. And you can light chargeable. Anything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They're longer. Like they're the ones like. Like your um, when you're trying your to light grill the barbecue, lighter, yeah. yeah. Well, no, but so, they also have small ones too. Do I just they? saw them. Yeah. Oh, see, this is news to me. This is. I feel like Crazy. this is this is the this is the big question for musicians <laughs> and artists in 2024. How do we merchandise what, right. what we're what we do? And right. if you're gonna 
if, if selling music at shows is a thing of the past because no one can understand which medium is is current right now, CDs right. or right. Ma- people making tapes or vinyl or USBs, we have to figure out experiences at the merchandise table that will compel people to support what you want to do. Right. And will have a longer lasting impact and help you survive, help you pay off all of your expenses of creating this merchandise, but also have a an experiential aspect to it. So yeah. this is the this is what we're I'm I'm trying to do this too. Yeah, right, right. Man, yeah. Quite the puzzle. Yeah. So it's it's always changing though too because of how social media runs. Right. And so no matter what, like we could create our own brand. Like right now we could just the three of us create a brand mm-hmm. and make merchandise and as long as we're really push it would sell you know right. what i mean but and that's what a lot of people are doing is they're they're going live every day and they're creating that yeah. audience and once that audience is captivated they put something out and it rolls right it just rolls it's it's pretty crazy I, yeah i i don't i don't know i'm, I'm kind of with you I'm, I'm i'm reminded of when you said you know sometimes i like to not be the front person and right. just sing harmony in the back. Like yeah. I am the same way. Mm-hmm. So the concept of, of going li- like, I have something important to tell you every day. Like I don't absolutely <laughs> not. No, absolutely no. not. No. Like I wouldn't want to hear myself. Hear my talk problems. Every. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so like that level of front person I know. mode, I don't have that. No. So yeah. I got to figure out the other things on the side. I agree. That, yeah. that can push the, push the boat you know down the river yeah. or whatever that's like the hardest thing about it is being that yeah mm-hmm. it's funny because that 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 reminds me of like one of the ways that i've always felt about like songwriting well since i started right. uh, uh, really uh exploring and and really uh, uh admiring songwriting you know it's like i feel like i have nothing important to say you yeah. know like what am i gonna well, write about? add it you know, to the like, list of of writing for the trash uh, writing for the trash it's like not only do I not do that, but I literally have nothing new. Like yeah. everyone, like a thousand people, millions of people have said it way better than I possibly exactly, could. Exactly. Yeah. Bob Dylan has said it better, and right. that was seventy years ago. <laughs> right. So and you're still not listening. And, yeah. Well, and it's like, like I'm going to give you a fresh take on yeah. love. Like, right. Change on. your mind right. suddenly. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Come on. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it, there's a lot. <laughs> right. I know. But. I well, I, we didn't uh, listen. We didn't solve anything. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, to be continued. To be continued. We're gonna figure this, this is a out. work in progress. <laughs> you got me. You got my mind ticking now. Well, let's think. <laughs> but let's think about it because we all need this information, Absolutely. And, and we yeah. all need to like hive mind how we can how we can start to. Um, kind of add that revenue stream back into what was available right. 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, even connecting with venues nowadays is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, it, like, well, yeah, I grew up, you know, sending, right. Putting a, a, a eight by 10, writing it out and putting a cassette tape in, in a thing and mailing it off. That was 25, 30 years ago. Craziness. And the, it went through the EPK phase. And yep. then it was the, just what's your Facebook page phase. Yep. And now it's like, I don't know. Do I just email you? Right. And How many followers you got? Yeah. Right. That. Oh God. I don't. Don't get me started. Oh <laughs> uh, man. I know. And that feeds back into the I don't live stream every day or whatever. Exactly. I was like, come on. Anyway. Yeah. 
This is the start of a conversation that I know we will have a part two of because this is all shit that I'm dying to know. Shoot, you we're down. <laughs> Mara, appreciate you. Thank you so Louise, much, Brian. thank you very much. Hey, cheers, yes. Thank uh, you where can us. people find uh, your schedule, what you guys are up to? Lumar has a website, I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Lumar Music. Dot com L U M A R yeah Luis beginning of Luis and then the beginning of Mara Lumar Love it. music dot com okay um the stakes music dot com as well it has to be the stakes and it's not like the food it's like the steak in the ground S T A K E S you said that before that wasn't the first time you <laughs> said that many times I think I've been saying that for like nine or ten years. <laughs> Because people would be like steak, like the like you grill a steak, right. and I eventually was like, not the food. Right, right. Stop saying that. Because at some point I was like, I was like, we should have a cover version of this band. We call it the Mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, but um, it's yeah. coming. That's, well, a, that's still an up and coming. Right, yep, right. that's been an up and coming project. Every time we've Add done like a list. cover thing, like or more cover than original music, we call it the Mistakes. Yeah. But just like it. as a joke, just as a joke. And social media wise, uh, the stakes at stakes uh, at the stakes music, and then same with at Lumar music. So. Awesome, they yeah. can find you on Instagram and, and yes. all the spots. Yeah. Yes. Well, I appreciate your time. I, you know, I'm so glad after a number of years we finally got it got it together and and found a, a time. And uh, happy holidays to hey, you guys. You too, you too, man. Thank you. Yeah, and, thanks for having. And us. hope to uh, to see you guys again and and go to my first stakes show. Yes, absolutely. Yes, please. You're in already. No, you're from love. <laughs> Get those tickets coming. <laughs> All right. Super grateful, Brian. Appreciate you. you guys. Thank you. Some story go.